You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Fonpe. I got Mr. Michael Lee and Mr. Marcus Hayes in the building. What's up, fellas? How you doing, Keith? What's going on, man? Listen, y'all, this is a special Sunday podcast is game, well, we're just going to rehash game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals between the Kawhi Leonard's and the Sixers. The Kawhi <laughs> Leonard's won, what was the score, man? They won 108-95. to I shouldn't say this them like that, but it was the Kawhi Leonard show. So for the first, the first segment, we're going to talk about the general thoughts of the game, which is a lot about Kawhi Leonard. The second segment, we're going to dissect Joel Embiid's game. Joel didn't have a great game, y'all. He shot 5 for 18. He had 16 points. And then, you know, moving forward, I mean, third segment, we're just going to talk about some area concerns and what this, that, that Sixers need to solve for game two, which is going to be Monday at 8 o'clock. So, fellas, what – well, I'm going to let Marcus go first because I see Marcus writing stuff down. So, so Marcus, just give me your general thoughts of, of, of this game, last night's game. What Kawhi Leonard has done in these playoffs is prove, I think, to everyone in the league that if you don't think he's the MVP or the best player in the league, you at least have to acknowledge that he's the best all-around player in the league, at least the best defensive and offensive player in the league. <clears throat> There's little debate that he's the best perimeter defensive player in the league. He's got a back-to-back defensive player of the year awards when he was healthy. But he's, you know, he's a three-time All-Star now and like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, he's taken his game to another another level that can dominate a team with three or four All-Stars on it like the Sixers. There was a point in the game that the Sixers were up 7-2, and it looked like Toronto was going to drop another one. I think they've lost 14 to 16 uh, first games in series over the last five or six, seven years. There was a point where Kawhi Leonard just said, yeah, it's not going to happen. About three minutes into the game, he took over. He was 7-for-7. He was part of a 33-14 run. That was the difference in the game. The rest of the game was relatively even. Sixers made a little run, generally without Kawhi, and generally when – Marc Gasol was on the bench, so Joel Embiid didn't have to face him. But Kawhi Leonard tonight was the best player in the league, and that includes Kevin Durant, 45 and 50 in the last two games that he had. Yeah, now one thing I just want to let y'all know how many points Kawhi had. Kawhi had 45 points. He had 11 rebounds. He had two assists. He had two steals and one block. And Pascal Siakam also dominated. This guy had 29 points on 12 for 15 shooting. He had seven rebounds, and he and he had an assist. So, you know, Mike, just give me, you know, your observations or your general thoughts of it, too. Well, the one thing that the Sixers had in their favor against Brooklyn is that they probably had the four best players in the series on their side. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt who the best player in the series is. And he's not on the Sixers' side. Kawhi yeah. Leonard is the best player in this series, and you know, piggyback on what Mark said, he's definitely in the conversation for the best player in the league. Yeah. Um, because of just what he can do on both ends of the floor, you saw that play where he wound up just smashing Tobias Harris' shot, <laughs> and then Pascal Siakam had the block on the other end. To me, 
that just summed up the whole series because, you know, coming in, everyone talked about the Sixers starting five. They got the best starting five in the East, uh, blah, blah, blah. We've talked about their starting five. It's cover sports illustrated everything, the whole nine. The Raptors' starting five is not <clears throat> too far off, especially when you consider the two forwards, Siakam and Leonard. You're taking those two if you got to take two forwards out of this series. Now, there's not necessarily a slight on Tobias and Jimmy. They're both really good players. But you saw in game one, there's a separation here, and it was pretty evident because it, it wasn't just what they did on the offensive end because clearly the, the, the offensive numbers were there. But it's just their ability to switch, their ability to just use their length to get deflections, to, to just alter what they do, to, to cross some fear in terms of when they drive the lane. Just everything that they did, they just imposed their will. And that's what you want to do. You know, they, 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 they took game one. They, they have home court advantage, what they're supposed to do. But it's just the way they went about doing it. And I think for Kawhi, he was sending a message. It wasn't just to the Sixers. He was sending a message to everyone out there in the league to, who, who may have forgotten about him because he didn't play in the playoffs last year. But, like, or may, they may have forgotten that the last time he was on the court in the playoffs coming into this season, he was giving the Golden State Warriors the business. Um, so this was, a, this was a salvo to everybody, like just to remind everybody how good he is. You know, the thing that, that stands out when I'm watching this game, two things that stood out to me. One is like, okay, he is, is, is he's the best player in the East. I mean, I know the Greeks. Yeah, I think I mean, he's better than Giannis. Now, Giannis is the MVP. Because he played the whole season. He played the whole season. Kawhi That's played what I'm 60 games. Yes, Kawhi played 60 games. He missed 22 games. And when you think back on it, there was a time early on where they were the number one team. But then Kawhi kept missing games, and then all of a sudden Milwaukee passed him, right? Yep. But you're looking at Kawhi, and you're saying to yourself, like, you know, this is the type of stuff that LeBron used to do to people in the East. Now, now again, it was one game, but the way that he dominated, and then here's another well, look, thing. look at him since game one against Orlando. Yeah. He's been on next level. He's been on next level. But And this is something that Marcus pointed out to me during the game, and, like, Kawhi had 27 points at the half. Against Orlando, he was averaging 27.8, right? So he had his total at the half. Yeah. Now, here's a play that you're talking about. When, when he blocked um, Tobias shot, it looked like he, he was in the air. And leaning then he back. Leaked, uh, he leaned, but then went up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. it. it was like, yo, what is he doing? Well, like a high you jumper. You know who he looked like? Who? He looked like Mike. And he looked like Kobe. When yeah. they get that extra two, three inches in the air, and they go up, and you think it's okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw a foul here because they're not going to be up there. And all of a sudden, their wrist is at your fingertips. Well, the other thing, too, is like, you know those foam hands? Yeah. yeah, like yeah. that's yeah. that's that's his real life name. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. They, like he called they call him the claw, but like you know Boban. Yeah, I would like to see his hand up against Boban because yeah. he probably can hang with him in terms mm-hmm. of how big his hands are. Because you think you you think Tobias thought he had him, like oh I got this shot, and then yeah. he just said nah you don't. Yeah. I mean, the one to me the like the Raptors won the game, but to me the clear winner of game one was load management. Right, because games. they sat him with April and May in mind, mm-hmm. maybe June. You know, that's what this whole thing was about. And the first thing he said when he sat down there tonight was he reflected on the plan. being fresh and the plan to make him fresh at this point in the season. 
And, you know, let's not forget, he missed. He played nine games last year. And, yeah. he, and in playing nine games, you, you lose that. It, take, it takes years to become a grizzled NBA veteran, play 70, 75, 80 games, you know? Yeah. You, you have to – and he didn't – he lost that, number one. Number two, nobody should play 80 games, 82 games. It's insane. Anybody who plays that many games – is, has a short career it's, and it's malpractice you yeah. know what I mean there are too many games in every sport but none more so than basketball where so few players play all the minutes yeah and I, I think that you know when you look at that and you look at what Joel Embiid did you know the second half of the season where he didn't play very much and he's still trying to find his rhythm um, that maybe have to be a strategy Sixers have to em- employ with him well they th- that, that was their plan their plan that during this season was okay we're going to uh, manage Embiid, but I think we're going to talk about that a little bit later. See if the management worked or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, we, yeah, we'll get we'll, there. We'll, yeah, we'll get there. Matter of fact, that's a that's a good one. that's a good something to talk about right now. So after this break, we'll talk about if the management worked or not. All right. Now the thing about Joel Embiid, we're talking about if the management worked or not. Um, it worked against Brooklyn when he played, but, uh, you know, it, it just didn't work again. Now, here's the thing, y'all. Like, you know, we all knew, and, and nothing against it, but we all knew, we all know that Marc Gasol is a bad matchup for him. You know, everybody want to talk about MB being young and Mark being old, da 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 But whatever it is, he just knows how to defend him. You know what I mean? And, and it's just MB struggles. And... Like, we talked about the load management. I mean, it didn't help tonight. I mean, last night, my man was 5 for 18. He had 8 rebounds. He had six. He had 16 points. But it just seemed like he had a hard time. He struggled from the field. Look, man, he scored, I think, one field goal against Marcus All. He had four field goals other than that, but I think he scored them all against Serge Baca. And uh, and that that field goal he got on Gasol was one like oh if you can hit that you can have it shots. right exactly it wasn't like he just hit one and, and you know that he he hit Mark will live with him taking that shot and it, it's not load management when you miss fourteen to twenty four games because you have tendonitis yeah they messed that, it up they, they, you they have tendonitis him throughout the course of the season they should have so managed him healthy. they should have managed to keep him home during the All Star break instead of going there and partying for a weekend getting out of shape coming back and taking taking 14 out of 24 games off down a stretch because your knee hurt. Maybe your knee doesn't hurt so bad if you spend the week rehabbing and not hanging out and dancing and singing karaoke with Steph Curry <laughs> in Charlotte like you probably doing, Michael Lee. Were you there, too? I, I, nah, I, I went yeah, to Mike bed early, there, but Mike, Mike was like, I, I was, all right, I was, fellas, I was, let's I was see giving Keith my passes to the club, man. Mm-hmm. I, I was... And Keith was sitting in the corner sleeping. <laughs> you know how, like, when you're 40 years old going to the club? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm 50, so. Uh, 50. <laughs> There's clubs. 40, going, 40 years old going to the There's club. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But I think I used to hang back in the day. No, but Joel Embiid wasn't load managed. They, but their plan was to load manage him, not to the, ex- the extent of Kawhi. Kawhi. I think they wanted him to play maybe, what, a 68, 70 game. Because the other thing about Joel is, unlike Kawhi, Joel gets out of shape. He does, you know. He's not disciplined with his diet. He's not disciplined with his regimen. He's not disciplined with his sleep. Kawhi is. Kawhi is like LeBron and like Kobe and like Mike. He's a professional, and he's been a professional since he since he hit since he started earning a paycheck. Yeah. One thing about like his matchup against Gasol, like you said, we all knew it was going to be tough. You know, last series he had Jared Allen going up against him, which is just the next level in terms of like how many teams can have two defensive players of the year on their roster. 
Like this, the Raptors are unique. I mean, Gasol did that, you know, five years ago. He was a little younger, but he's still very smart. He's physical. He has good footwork, and he's extremely intelligent. So he can predict what Joel and B is going to do out there on the floor, and that's really tough. And that's the key. If you like, what teams generally do is they leave Joel and B alone. They stay behind the th- uh, free throw line and let him miss or make three pointers. Marcus All didn't do that. Marcus All was up on him and he trusted his feet. To yeah. your point, he trusted his feet to let him stay with Joel Embiid, who has a pretty good first step, but he ain't a keen. No, you know, he's not he's yet. he's not he's not, and he never will be because he's never getting any smaller. And he's never getting any quicker. So, <laughs> Marcus All understands that, and Marcus All isn't worried about getting a, a shoulder in the chest. And nope. Marcus All isn't trying to block anybody's shot. And Marcus All will give ground, but he'll stay in front of you. And if you know how to play defense, that's how you play defense. You play defense with your feet. He's got spectacular feet, even though he's a little bit older. And the difference between a great player and a great offensive player and a good offensive player is a great player manipulates good defenders. Kawhi Leonard manipulated Jimmy Butler, who's a very, very good defensive player. He manipulated him in the first quarter of this, uh, of this game. Yeah. Joel Embiid doesn't manipulate guys. He either gets past them or bullies them. He is not a great offensive player yet. When he becomes one, he'll be the MVP. I will say this. Um, the last time the Sixers played Al Horford, who I think – was the one who probably defends you know him as well as say uh Marcus All does is that he he figured out what he could do to be effective against him and that's going to be the challenge for Joel in this series he's really going to have to find an answer not saying he has to he get 37 points or, you know have that kind of game but he's going to have to find a way that if if he can't get going he's got to get his teammates going you know if if Marcus All is going to take him out he can't go up there forcing up shots you know if you if you need eight 18 shots to get 16 points, then you're doing a disservice for your team. Like, you're not helping your team. And I think that's what that's what Joel's probably – he said he's going to be better. He said they're going to figure some things out. And he said that, you know, Kawhi had his performance. Now it's going to be his turn to kind of counter. And that's what the Sixers are going to need because he can be – Kawhi can be the best player in every game of this series. But Joe has to be at least second. And if he's not – or, you know, one of the Sixers is second – this could be a short series. He wouldn't even be the second best player on his own team today. He wasn't, no. Nah, I mean, you know, and, and that's the thing. That's that's the thing. We'll see. You know, Joel keeps saying he he wants to be the MVP. He wants to be the de- defensive player of the year. You know, you, you, you are basically – I mean, you know, you get a rep in the regular season a little bit, but in the playoffs is when, you know, you make that money. It's when you become you, – you build that legacy, so to speak. So we'll find out more if he really wants to be there, if he wants to do it. The other thing, too, is that we're talking about what he was trying to do against Gasol offensively. Defensively, what Gasol did to him was made him step out. And that completely disrupted what the Sixers do offensively. That's what he does. Because you think about there was that one stretch where he uh, he got caught in a switch on Fred Van Vliet, and he drove into his chest and got got a foul on him. That's not what you really want to happen. And then there were two other times where Gasol could hit the three, and he's stepping out there. So they have opportunities. Kawhi can hit driving lanes. Siakam can drive to the basket. If Joel's not there protecting the rim. Kawhi's a great backdoor cutter. Yeah. And Joel can protect the rim and defend the three when he's not lazy and when he's willing to take that step. You have to allow Marc Gasol to beat you. That That's what you want to give up. You can't give up the rim. Yeah. And, and 
Gasol is not an, as accomplished. He's not accomplished enough as a three point shooter for you to give that. And what he did last series is is that he protected the rim first, yeah. then defended the three. No matter who he was matched up on, but it takes effort. And I didn't see a whole lot of effort out of Joel Embiid tonight. Yeah. Hey, uh, so look, let me just get this real quick before we, because I think we might start getting into the little bit of segment, and we I gotta pay some uh, bills. Some bills. So. Right now, what we're about to do is take a little quick commercial break, and then when we get back, we're going to continue talking about you know some of the area con- areas concerns in this third segment. All right, so what are just continuing what you guys are saying? What are some of the area concerns? I mean, that Sixers need to solve for Game Two. There's so many. Um, well, one, they have to defend. They have to defend much better than they did. And two, they have to be aggressive. They have to be assertive. They have to make impose their will on the, the Raptors in some way. The, the Raptors didn't feel them at any point this game. They never – I mean, they made a run and they were able to – but they never really were scared that the Sixers were going to take it to them, and they have to do that. Um, ben Simmons has to find a way Sorry, to be a little – Ben Simmons has to find a way – to be more aggressive continuously for the course of a game. Because you look at his stat line, he had 14 points, uh, nine rebounds, and, but he had three assists. And you can't just have three assists if you're the point guard. Like, you have to find a way to get your guys going. Um, it, like I said, the stat line looked good, but it was one of those low-impact games that is not going to you know, affect the outcome in any way. Well, let's talk about the no-impact game of the max contract guy. Jimmy Butler wants the max contract. He was four for twelve. He missed all three three pointers. He scored ten points. Jimmy Butler was supposed to come to Philadelphia, and they let him make his schedule. They said, "Take us through the playoffs." Jimmy Butler did not show up. Now you can talk about Joel Embiid all you want, but Joel Embiid's a young player. Yeah. You talk about Ben Simmons all you want. Ben Simmons is a young player. You know who didn't play Ben Simmons? The guy who gave Ben Simmons fits for three games was Kawhi Leonard. You know who Kawhi Leonard guarded tonight? Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler. So, you know, Jimmy Butler was the the finishing piece for this team. Jimmy Butler didn't show up in the first tough playoff game. And that's the beginning and the end of the story. He didn't show up in any quarter. He didn't defend well. He was he disappeared offensively. And he's he's the guy who wants the max contract. Yeah. And <laughs> There's there's Five two years. there's two guys who deserve a max contract. Two two guys deserve a max contract, and one of them's Kawhi, and the other one arguably is Tobias Harris because Tobias Harris plays to his level every night. Jimmy Butler comes and goes. You don't come and go, especially in the playoffs on the road against a team that's favored to beat you. You don't disappear when the MVP candidate is your and Jimmy yeah. Butler played Kawhi. Early in the yeah. game. Jimmy Butler got roasted today on both sides of the ball. And that spin move will go down as <laughs> the play of the game. But you mean the spin move that was touted by the TNT? Yes, by TNT. That Keith Pompey, <laughs> Twitter aficionado. Me no habla inglés. Yeah, right? I wonder if Joel Embiid's going to pick that up. He's, he's big on Twitter, right? He's a, nah, he's he, a Twitter he's not aficionado. Like that. Yeah, but that, that, no, no, that no, was, I'm just saying, will that, be I mean, on his, yeah. will that be on his radar, do you think? You think he's got the Keith Pompey alert? Doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you do make an interesting point because that that's that's the one thing that I was thinking is that you know last year two guys really made a scene t- 
to get traded. Mm-hmm. Kawhi made a huge scene to get out of San Antonio. Jimmy made a huge scene to get out of Minnesota. Kawhi's lived up to the hype. That every minute he's been here, he has been everything in terms of changing the culture here in in Toronto, um, bringing this even keel, level headedness to them. Like they lost Game One, and you could just tell didn't bother them at all mm-hmm. against Orlando. That's because Kawhi just kind of keeps it keeps it moving, and that's the one thing that I can say about Jimmy though. And against the Brooklyn series, he was the one guy that seemed to have. He was a leader. He was a leader in that. So he. He got called out in a major way. I'm interested to see how he responds because he can't go out getting 45 to 10. Like, that <laughs> That was a lopsided, you know, head-to-head matchup. And when you think about all that went into the these guys winding up in these teams and these teams facing each other in the Eastern Conference playoffs now, um, Jimmy's got to live up to his end, and he hasn't done it in the yeah, series yet. I agree. I mean, I agree. He has to. And, and – you know, last time they came here, he had 37, I believe. But, mm-hmm. yeah, this time it just didn't work out well but for him at all. Season. Season. But it's regular season. Exactly. And he won the matchup, though. He, he outplayed Kawhi. No, he ain't outplayed him. You're talking about the last the, time they the came here? Nah, bro. Nah. I mean, I don't think so. Well, I think, I think what happened, yeah, but you know what the stats was? The Sixers was getting blown out. <laughs> and then next thing you know, it was like, you know, you, you know how it is. Like, right, when you start. head to head matchup, they guarded each other. Yeah, but I, I, I'm telling you. He didn't win that matchup. Kawhi was killing. I mean, well, Kawhi was. Three shots. Hey, here, here's the thing. Here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Kawhi was really paired. It got to a point where Kawhi was defending Ben. So then, next thing you know, Kawhi was getting off. And then, you know, nothing against Jimmy, but I mean, he had a great game, but it was kind of like, you know how it is when your team is getting blown out? And it's like, you're a quarterback, and let's go to football. Yeah, your team you're down saying. three touchdowns. So next thing you know, they doing, you you just you airing throwing, it up. Yeah. You're throwing bombs. Well, that's what it was like. You know, they was, Kawhi was like, you know, chilling, you know, doing whatever <laughs> after he got his. And Jimmy was like, well, like, like Well, like Kawhi said, his, his goal is for the, the Raptors win. That, that was his ultimate yeah, objective. Yeah. And Raptors win when he's, you know, that's the other thing. He is now 14 and 0. Against the 76ers. I know. And, the, and they still have not won a game in Toronto. Since 2012. Since Doug Collins was the coach. I know, right? Like, we're going to keep bringing that stuff up. Drew Holiday had a good game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, y'all think they could win game two? Yeah, they could, they could beat this team. I think they could. Team. They could win the series. You think? Oh, yeah. I mean, Kawhi Leonard shot 16 for 23 against six different defenders tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that he's that good every night. Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. That stuff was easy games. though. That was like easy. It though. looked it was easy. Like work. Right. Yeah, it, it was like it wasn't like nobody was impeding him. You know but, what I mean? Like yeah. But other guys, guys who are better than him, have lost series on teams that are better than this. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I mean the, the Sixers aren't a joke. They're not clowns. No, nah, but it, it, I mean, I, I think I think they, I think they can win game two. You think Sixers can? I think they can. Yeah, I mean if they. Change up some things. I mean, one. Can they win this series? I don't think they're going to win this series. I don't. You either. You? No, I don't think they will, but I think they can. Okay. You know, yeah. I think there's a big difference there. I, I think that they, they do have a lot of talent. I think that, you know, the loss of Mike Scott is something that can be overlooked. And that Brett Brown's trying to figure out what to do in terms of rotation. He gave Jonah Bolden and, uh, and Cork Max minutes, and they, those were. They were those both were, one for six. Those were terrible minutes for the team. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I, I think that there were a couple of things encouraging about it. One, 
Every, the whole starting five scored in double figures. I mean, I'm just trying to be positive. I'm trying to think of the positives, right? Uh, I mean, they cut it to four. They, they, yeah, they, they, you know, they made it, it a game. It wasn't a joke game. Um, the difference was Kawhi Leonard. And, so, and Pascal Siakam. Yeah, they outscored them 70, what was it, 79 to uh... – Siakam and Leonard outscored the Sixers starters 74-72. Yeah. Two guys. And you look at some of That's those... some Kobe Shaq, Scotty. Scotty Mike, yeah. yeah, but yeah, if you look at the, uh, if you look at some of Siakam's points, they came from Kawhi creating, even like hockey assists, you know, yeah, hitting hitting him deep, and all of a sudden somebody's not on Siakam. He also created a lot of his own stuff. Kawhi created all of his own stuff. Yeah, he I did. mean, it was just well, a it, ridiculous. Interesting, interesting stat from uh, Game One: mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard took twenty three shots, nineteen passes. So he had he was he was, he was hitting shots. Mm-hmm. If well, if he's not making those shots in the next game, and he's also not setting up his teammates, right. there are things you can do. You can you can maybe hope that he keeps making tough shots. Um, try to you know send a little more to him and, and switch up the defense. But I, I think they're capable of winning game too. The key though is did Joel does Joel have enough time to recover to be effective on Monday? And, well, he didn't uh, play very hard, so <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like. It doesn't seem like he needs. He'll know, be fine. I don't I think, think he he'll needs be like fine. A I mean, chamber. here's my thing. I, I think that you know, this is just the guy is just a bad matchup for him. There are certain players, <clears throat> like you look at Mark Casoli. Would you say he's the most athletic? No, but but he's a heady guy. There are just certain guys who pl- play well against Embiid, and um, and I think that you know, like I said before, when we talked about it. If Embiid wants to be the guy, he's going to come out and he's going to do something. He's going to show something. And I think that Embiid has that nasty streak. He's not a back down type of player, you know. I, I, you know, you expect him to regroup and and come out and do something. Um, but let's face it, this is a bad matchup for him. When you have Gasol, and then you have Serge Ibaka coming off the bench, these are just a bad matchup. The last game, he had a, a dude who he probably weighed eighty pounds more than, you know, and Jared Allen. And then he went up against a, a wing as the backup center in uh, Hollis Jefferson. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this is the real world. And I think he'll, you know, I mean, you know what? He's supposed, he's the best center in the league. Um, he's Self-claim, one of the top. Best defensive player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll see what he can do. We'll see. We'll see. You have something to add, Mike? Uh, nah, I'm hoping that uh, it's a little warmer in Toronto on Monday. I'll just say that. Yeah. Nah, bro, it won't be. It's supposed to snow tomorrow. Right. Going to play. <laughs> look, and look, and look, y'all, I didn't even bring a winter coat because that's what men, that's what real men do. But I was sick Catch two codes. weeks ago. You missed a game. I brought four sick. coats. I don't know. Yeah, you brought four coats? Yeah, I grew up, I grew up, uh, up in this area. I brought four coats. Wow. <laughs> well, maybe you let a brother hold one tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can have your choice. <laughs> All right. Hey, look, y'all, I want to thank y'all for joining this podcast, and I would like to thank y'all for listening. And we'll be back tomorrow after practice. Peace.